0: Everyone and welcome back to my life work podcast my name is Wendy K and this is episode four of the podcast and as you know life Work podcast is all about exploring the experiences around joy and meaning in life and work and in that journey in that spectrum there's a lot of things that happen to many people and there's a lot of topics you know, within just the umbrella of joy and meaning with work and life. And so one of the things that I'm really passionate about is women in leadership. And it's an area that I've done a lot of research. I used to do a lot of research and I've done some work in it. Um, But it's an area that I think it's always changing. And recently what I've been finding that's really um, been something that I think on a lot of employers' minds is how to make workplaces more friendly for mothers so i'm not a mother so i thought what you know what you know it would be so much better if i brought somebody who is a mother who's a working mother here on the podcast so i have the pleasure of having gina riley here with me today so gina is an executive search consultant and career coach working with talents group here in portland i'm gonna let her share her story but one of the reasons i wanted her here is because when i first met her i thought she had a really interesting background she told me um and shared with me and she'll you know get into this uh deeper is that she you know was a stay-at-home mother for a number of years and then one day she decided to get it back out there and now she's this awesome leadership coach i have so much fun talking to her so gina tell us a little bit about you and what you do um, and more about your story. Well,
1: thank you. That was a flattering introduction. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Wendy. (laughs) Um, What I'll do is I'll share kind of my, my career story arc and I will insert a little more of that in between that I don't normally when I'm just talking, you know, about the work zone. Um, So sort of my origins of where I started was when I was 15, 16 years old, I got involved with leadership development um, training and and got to go on retreats. And really, it awakened my desire and love for effective communication and teaching Mm -hmm. people how to articulate, you know, their own leadership capabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really inspired me as I went into college to study communication, because that was where I found a lot of that research. And all the stuff I wanted to study was there. So I studied organizational communication, and learning how people communicate effectively within an organization. But I also was running leadership development workshops and seminars in college. And I was working for companies in my summers, just further deepening my experiences with, you know, teaching these things, relationship skills and communication skills. I worked for a company called the Learning Forum Super Camp out of California Mm -hmm. for a couple of summers where we would um, work with kids for 10 days and take them through this journey of like trying to uncover how do you communicate with your parents better? How do you communicate with each other better? Um, How do you share your emotions in in a way that's really effective? So my first job out of um, college was getting into human resources because that's where I saw that lane of being in training and development. But I couldn't really put my finger on where was I supposed to start. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't know. And I think that's true for a lot of people that have kind of a general degree. And so um, I worked my way into staffing. And I ended up working for Intel Corporation here in Oregon for 10 years. And I I, I did a variety of jobs. I started in staffing, but I ran our intern program, which was about Mm -hmm. 500 interns, where I was bringing them in and doing all the programming and working with the the internal managers on getting those students in. And then ultimately, I really wanted to be an HR business partner. I wanted to Mm -hmm. put... Um, all of this training and skills to use within the business. And they required at that time for us to have a master's degree to do that. So I decided to get a master's degree from Antioch University. I studied uh, whole systems design and organizational development and consulting. And then that led to a couple of the job opportunities that I was really wanting. I was partnering with businesses, and then I ended up in a training and development role, developing training programs and then i had son number 2 which kind of led to our conversation that you <laughs> and i were having which is okay well what happens when when someone decides to leave and then have an awfully long period of time in between so i was home for about 15 years and i was not working in a way that was bringing in income and i was mm-hmm. very lucky that i could do that and not everyone can and I kept myself very busy, not just parenting, but you know, being a part of the community, getting involved with the schools, you know, being on the PTO, helping with the auctions. Fill in the blanks. I was doing all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a plan, really. I, I thought maybe someday I would go back to work, but I wasn't really shaping that up for myself. And then um, I kind of hit a bump in the road. I was um, about. 46, 47, I've lost track and um, got diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was a big surprise. And after a successful surgery and, you know, recovery and a lot of support and love, I think I came out on the other side and thought, well, maybe, maybe it's time to go ahead and blossom into the next phase of my life. And we were talking about those seasons. I see Mm. that, you know, we're young, we go to college, you know, we've got our early career. My mid part of my life was parenting two sons and really making sure that these two humans go off into the world and do something, you know, meaningful and and good. And then um, it's now kind of my turn. And Mm -hmm. I've now focused on myself and I've had extreme support from Sherry Kitsowan, who is my very good friend who I worked with at Intel and she's the owner of Talents Group and um, has kind of folded me under um, her umbrella to um, serve in a number of capacities. So that's kind of uh, the arc of the story.
0: Yeah. And I find your story just really. It's really inspiring, you know, especially when we hear about how you kind of survived cancer, and then you were re-inspired, you know, to do something else um, afterwards. You, you, you thought you, I think I heard in, just in your voice and the way you said it was, you know, wow, I beat this, and now I want to go do something. Um, yeah. And I'm also really fascinated because just because I'm at the stage where I felt like for a while my career was going up, and it seemed like the time when you decided to stay home was around the time when you felt like your career was going well. I mean, you talked about loving the field you're in. And I think at one point you, you told me, you know, outside of this call that it was your dream job. So, so when you had to do that switch, what was that like? I, I imagine it might have, must have been difficult, but you know, how did you come to that decision?
1: Uh, it was incredibly difficult, but it was also a no brainer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had really just landed that job. I had gotten, um, it was like a three-quarter time job Mm -hmm. at Intel working for an amazing leader who really knew her stuff in in training and learning and development. And it was ideal. It was Mm -hmm. absolutely ideal. But um, with two of us working at that time at Intel – you know, in the really long hours that you put in, we were getting into those arguments about, well, you need to go pick up the baby and mm. no, you need to go. I'm meeting with my VP tonight. No, I'm. In. So it just wasn't, it wasn't worth it. And, um, and you know, these two little guys that, you know, needed a parent. And, um, so I, I knew that was the right thing to do, mm. but it wasn't easy to walk away from what I'd finally earned you know, that mm. place that I really wanted to be what I envisioned when I was like 20 years old at Arizona State, you know, getting the internships I wanted. I was like, Oh, I want to be in training and development. I finally got there. It was a bummer to have to walk away.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine so. Uh And, and I think there's a lot of, um, you know, people like me who at And I think, you know, I need to do better research on this, but, you know, I, I think I read somewhere that millennials aren't having children as, you know, at at the rate of the previous generation. And, and I wonder if it's because that of all the, um, obstacles that come in with playing the dual role of parent and, you know, professional, And it seems like to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like to me, a lot of women around my age or just, you know, even younger than me or older than me are thinking that it's, it's an either, or, you know, Mm -hmm. I either have a career or I, I, you know, I have the at home career of being a mom. So do you think that's true? You know, I've
1: done minimal research on this because, you know, I don't live in the shoes of a, of a millennial. Um. But also the millennials as a whole generation have gone through ups and downs with the economy as well. And so there's been struggles with, you know, just financial struggles. And so making a decision to bring a child into all of that when, you know, there's other priorities, I think it's been, made it really, really difficult. And it makes it especially difficult for women who still take on the brunt of, you know, a lot of the child rearing. Yes. And I'm not saying that men aren't involved at all. My husband's been extremely involved and it's not just about changing diapers. It's about being there, being a parent, um, coaching the baseball team year after year after year and leaving work to do that and changing in the car and you know, all of those things. Co-parenting is a big challenge, but a lot of the heavy lifting is on, on a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Why do you think that still is?
1: why I think it's just tradition. And um, it it takes a long time for things like that to not be the tradition, you have to create Mm -hmm. new traditions. And I think that women, you know, young women can um, do some contracting with their partners, you know, as they get married, younger generations, it's it's an opportunity to say, okay, what does our life look like? I think a lot of people skip that step. Yeah. As, they, as they come together. And um, I, I didn't do it. You know, I, I, I'm sure I had stories made up in my own mind about what things would be like. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really lucky that I have someone who can tolerate the amount of communication that I need um, in order to work things out. And, you know, we've been married over 30 years, so it's going okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that seems really hopeful. Um, that's really optimistic. Um, and you know, this conversation actually reminds me of this one New York times article that I don't know if it came out a year ago or so, but it was fairly recent and it was more of an op ed, like, you know, um, opinion editorial type of article. And the title of it has something to do around, um, you know, the essentially the state of how childcare is being operated in the U S is a reflection of, society's view of women's role, right? Of whether women should be working or staying home. And it kind of detailed back in history during World War II when uh, women had to step in into the workforce because all the men were, you know, fighting in the war. Uh, And then at the time, because women couldn't be home, the government actually subsidized daycare. Right? Right. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That's not something I learned in, in high school history. And, and then when the war was over, uh, guess what? The subsidies went away. Because it was the assumption that, well, the men are back. They can go back to work. So women, sure. you can go back home. So yeah. for some reason or another, that type of model of, you know, that childcare is not something that's sponsored or supported by anybody other than the family or the mom just hasn't mm-hmm. changed since then. Right. And, and it's
1: it financially very, very difficult um, for families to make the choice that we got to make.
0: Yeah. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Very difficult. Uh, and I remember talking to a previous coworker who, you know, sh- for her, she said that uh, when she negotiated a new job, her main, her, the most important thing in mind was, can I make enough to afford daycare? It's I- not, can I make enough to feel Um, like I deserve this or that I've reached this certain level of my career, but it's, can I, am I making enough to make this job worth it? Right. And yeah.
1: so it's exhausting to being a parent is a full-time job all by itself. Like raising other humans is a really (laughs) big deal. And then you pile on a meaningful career Mm -hmm. on top of that without, you know, good balance with a partner. it, it can be mentally and emotionally and physically draining.
0: Yeah. I think it was, um, some years ago, uh, it was a leadership studies professor at NYU who actually made this observation that, uh, I think we were studying the case of, you know, some of the female leaders that were, um, really successful, reaching C levels in these big pro high profile companies. And even years later, you know, when you look at sh- someone like Sheryl Sandberg, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I might, I don't want to make stuff up, but I think, you know, she was also one of those people who said, you know, if you, if you're a woman and you want to reach this level, right. Um, you got to have somebody at home who kind of uh, not in so many words, but kind of take the back seat. Right. Um, and I, and I have had this conversation with other female leaders who are kind of pondering this too. Like, you know, right. you know, someone that has said, yeah, you know, I had to kind of take a step back at certain times in my career mm-hmm. because, Family was priority, but then later on, you know, we kind of swapped that, right? Where, you know, the person, you know, my partner then took, you know, the responsibility for home and took a step back from their career. So it's almost like there's, unless you have the resources to fully be, you know, career and parent, it's almost like somebody has to take that step back.
1: It's actually kind of interesting because I remember actually back at Intel where I was working with some men who had said, you know, my wife was, was the powerhouse for a while and I was home and now it's my turn and she's, she's home and they were going through these phases together. Yeah. And I was always really impressed with those conversations because they Mm -hmm. were really holding their wives up on a pedestal. Like she was so amazing and now Mm -hmm. she's even more amazing because she's home, but she could be, doing these other things. But what I would say is a lot of the women that I have admired from a careers perspective have had, um, husbands who may not have had the powerhouse career either, Mm -hmm. like they're working and, and, you know, and they're both contributing, but it wasn't something where, you know, they were able to, to step up, be a leader and shine because they had enough of that support, you know, right. In balance. Um, so that can work too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I, I I feel like, especially in the U.S., like this is a very, I think, U.S.-centric type of issue because I mm. think a lot of other countries in Western Europe especially, there's a lot more um, societal structures that's set up to support both parents in this. So, right. I am, so I see this as a very U.S.-centric type of problem. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like there's no one... Model here that works like every couple, every family needs to kind of figure out what works for them. Um, that at least that's what I've been finding with everyone I talk to because I've always found it interesting how different, high, you know, high profile, powerful women do it and you know they all have different answers.
1: Yeah, me too. I was always really fascinating, like, oh, I see they've got a nanny. Hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah. yeah. Okay, for them, that's 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 them, but that's not us. Or you know, yeah. fill in the blank, um, right. all the way to leaving the job, leave you know, leaving the career. So right. there's such a wide spectrum. I just have um, such admiration for, um, particularly the working the working parent who who um, you know doesn't have the partner. They might be divorced, yeah. you know, and they they've got the primary childcare responsibility. In, in their lap, you know, and k- going, navigating through COVID while, like, yeah. while you're sitting at home and you have young children that there's no escaping. You're a parent yeah. and you're trying to work. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of mind blowing what women, single parents have to do right now.
0: Yeah. I, I yeah, I can't even imagine. Like I I, want, I have sympathy. I can't say I have empathy because I just, I don't know what that's like, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a sister with me, you know, uh, every day. Cause she's been staying with us during the pandemic. And even that feels like a little overwhelming at times. And she's, you know, <laughs> fully functioning in a master's yeah. program. So, yeah. um, so I kind of want to go back to your story because when I remember when you shared it and every time you do share it, it seemed like it was, um, and you just said it was a no brainer, right? It seemed like it was something you did it very joyfully and you were really happy doing it. So, um, what were some of the things that you learned? about yourself or just about you know or things that you found that were really really awesome throughout the time when you did stay home.
1: What did I find out about myself when I was home?
0: Yeah, things that you learned about yourself or just you know anything <laughs> that anything that you felt like were wow, these are kind of like the high like the highlights or the learnings.
1: Sure. So a lot of the learnings are just simply about being a parent and being patient with human beings that you can only put so much control over. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's completely different than dealing with adults. (laughs) The negotiation process is very, very different. So I had to learn a lot of patience, um, because I'm not particularly patient, and also letting go of uh, perfection. And I'm not a perfectionist. I'm just saying that there's things that you can't make your kids become or do. You can only be the best role model that you can and give good guardrails. So, you know, I had to learn a lot about that. There's a lot of frustrating years <laughs> mm. there. Um, and the other thing that I learned about myself personally is when I would talk to my friends who were working, who would call mm. and ask me for advice, that I still kind of had it. Like I still have mm. that consulting expertise. I, it was still yeah. all in there. It was still a part of my molecules and they would compliment me and stroke my ego and say, you know, eventually you're going to go back to work. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I think that that gave that little spark more of a flame mm-hmm. later on, like, okay, but there was a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. I mean, the entire time I was home, literally the, that entire time, Facebook came up, for example, Mm. you know, um, the way that we use the internet exploded. I mean, I was on the internet, but I wasn't on the internet, like brushing up my, on my PowerPoint skills or learning how to use video technology or fill in the blank. It was all going by me while I was totally focused on my community, my kids and my, my community and my day to day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you also said that, you know, it felt like it was part of your molecule to be able to consult and coach. So do you, did you do anything to kind of keep that up? Or is it, did you find that like it was just something that you were just a natural?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there were times that I was able to use my expertise on community projects. Like, for example, our school district went through a couple of, you know, during the economic downturns, major turmoil in our elementary school, had an opportunity to, um, you know, as a recovery project, um, you know, have some special addition added to the school while there was a lot of takeaways. And so just being a part of the conversations and helping um, like partner with the principal on, you know, the project and trying to guide the conversations amongst a very emotional community. Yeah. I I knew that I still have those consulting skills in there. Um, And so what's great is I, I got to reignite all of that and dive back into, I had to go back, literally in my attic and get out like all of my master's degree, like workbooks and my behavioral <laughs> interviewing guides and all those things that I was using before all my certifications and kind of like reawaken that part of my brain. Cause it was, it was sleepy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, what I'm also hearing is that kind of like your work part of you was really helpful for your personal life too. And the way that you help the community. So
1: I think so. I mean, I I naturally gravitate toward places where I can add value. Um mm-hmm. it was very very difficult for me to do jobs that I felt like I, it, there's a job for everyone and every, right. you know parents choose different things and so I'm not going to talk about I'm not it's not a disparaging thing but there's very specific things I was attracted to so I could help move the needle in some way. Yeah. Fill in the blank of what that is. Sometimes it was bigger projects and other times it was literally reading with students in my child's class who didn't have someone to read at home with them mm. just depended but it all added value it was all worth my time
0: yeah so and how long were you home again what was like I think 15 you, years yeah so tell tell us about that transition back to work because now <laughs> you're a full time back to work right yeah
1: it wasn't it wasn't a total jump into the deep end of the cold end of the pool um like I mentioned, my friend Sherry over the years kept she started her own um, executive search company mm-hmm. about nine years ago, and she was building her practice and, and saying, "Hey, come come, come join, come recruit with me and that recruiting wasn 't my passion. I started in staffing that was like mm-hmm. a gateway into HR for okay. me of course, I had you know I, I knew how to recruit and staff and interview. Um, and so she had me actually working on her company's sort of branding, like what was their messaging, what made them special yeah. and unique and whatnot. And that was sort of an entry into finding out what was branding all about.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I worked with her team on that. And then just, <laughs> it kind of morphed over time into, well, I've got a client that we're going to deliver our interview training. Can you help me tweak the training and get it into shape? And then ultimately, can you come deliver some of that training? And then can you take on a recruitment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, really where it's kind of led for us is um, we have a lot of executives and leaders in our network that want help with their career transitions. Mm-hmm. And so I developed a career coaching program that I, I do um, privately with people who need help, you know, getting their story together, getting their marketing documents together, meaning their LinkedIn and their resume, yeah. planning for interviews. So my specialty now is taking all that stuff that I was learning at age 15 and 16 and all through college, helping people crisply explain what they do and how they Mm. do it. What kind of leader are they? So it's really cool how it's all come full circle.
0: I think it's amazing because it... it it almost doesn't matter what you were doing during that 15 years because you could have done, let's say, a completely different job, right? But just yeah. that point of transition of doing something different, mm-hmm. I think oftentimes takes a lot of courage. And oftentimes what I find, and I've gone through this myself and I see this in other people who've come to me for support and mentoring, yeah. is that it's really hard for people to find clarity um, they usually find that there's some inspiration, there's like a spark of energy, and that's telling, that's kind of pulling them a certain direction. But they but they don't know what that is, and they don't know how to articulate it. But they just know that it's that they need to move, right? That they need to yeah. do something different. So, uh, how you know, tell me more about that. I mean, I, I know your friend, you know, was you know kind of pulled you in little by little. But you know, how did you overcome some of like some of that internal dialogue of and finding clarity?
1: Well, part of it is having an amazing um, partner. My husband is my biggest cheerleader. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's in the backdrop going, oh, yeah, you can do this. You've got time for this. You know, the kids are okay now and we're all a team. We're all getting stuff done. So part of it was like allowing for that space for me to go ahead and, you know, take on those projects and not feel like I was neglecting whatever I'd built up at home. Yeah. So that's part of it is support, I think. Um, yeah, it was like an organic process really for me. Mm. I don't know if it, how organic it is for other people. I've had other women come to me and say, you know, I'm starting to get that inkling. It's about time. Cause my, my youngest is now, he's graduating. He's class of 2020 mm. going to college next year. That poor class of 2020 with COVID. Um, yeah. There's a lot of women who are my peers who are now on, looking at their horizon saying, oh gosh, who was I and who do I want to be? Mm. And there, there's a lot of self-discovery that now needs to take place. And that, that's hard work. But that's yeah. what has to happen before you go and like hang out a shingle and tell everyone you're job hunting.
0: Yeah. So for those women who asked – You know, kind of, and you talk about self discovery because I find that that's really important continuously throughout one's journey um, in life or in career. So, you know, aside from a very supportive husband, um, what was really helpful for your self discovery? Like, were there any? Because one of the things I tell people, for example, is, you know, what do you know about yourself in terms of strengths and what do you like and your personality traits and what you gravitate towards? Um, but that's very specific for, you know, if you want to switch careers, but you know, you're talking something a little bit bigger. So what's, um, yeah. What do you, what do you do for self-discovery?
1: Uh, I, so like you, Wendy, I, I'm a continuous learner. I'm, I'm, I mean, I Google six ways from Sunday about anything that I'm curious about. And I'm Mm -hmm. also a serial networker. I've made that a part of like, the fabric of my being of what I do. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and when I'm reading things, I'm immediately trying to connect with the authors of articles that I read or, you know, as long as they're not pie in the sky influencers that, you know, aren't going to connect with me, um, fill in the blank on who that would be. Many people do connect and it allows me to even have access to even more knowledge and more information Mm. and more things come through my feed, for example. But the self discovery process, kind of also was something I was able to do while I built the coaching program because Mm -hmm. I'm helping I'm helping leaders that's just happens to be my target market I help other people as well but they're having to go to that base core of their strengths values you know their skills etc and a lot of times people come to me and they're like oh yeah I already checked this personality assessment I already Mm -hmm. you know like Okay, well tell me who who are you? What do you bring to the party? What makes you uniquely different in you? Yeah. And guess what? Most of the time they, they can kind of skirt around it, but they can't really hone it when it comes to like this is who you're gonna get when I show up on day one. This is mm-hmm. how I'm gonna lead your team. This is how I lead people and I have proof. I have mm. you know the social proof. So I, I start with a full assessment of people's values and strengths and whatnot. And we really go deep. We spend like three to five hours just talking about who are you mm. and reflecting it back. So they're super, super crisp on exactly how they're showing up, not just at work, but it also translates at home. My, yeah. you know, with the Strengths Finder, my top strengths go with me everywhere I go, whether I'm talking to my husband or my children or my friends or in work. I know those top five strengths are always there and guiding me.
0: Yeah. It sounds like to me, that having a coach would be really helpful <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I like to think so that's good yeah. job security isn't it <laughs> yeah
0: no i i fully uh, I'm on board with that you know i I really enjoyed have enjoyed coaching people that you know who've come to me for um yeah. just for you know support and clarity, and I've done that you know kind of just because um they're my friends or yeah. or I just have this passion to kind of pay it forward so i I can definitely see how if you're trying to make this big shift in life, you know, 15 years out of the, out of your career and going back in, I mean, you know, I I would hope people are looking for coaches, you know, for that transition.
1: Yeah. You have to really go into like, well, who are you? Um, Yeah. The core of you is you. You come to the planet with innate, you know, strengths but your values also develop over time based on your own personal experiences. And so to understand what those things are before you go find the right working environment that you want to be in, how do you even know what questions to be asking if you don't know how you fit in the first place?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Or -hmm. else you're going to look before you leap, you go and you, 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 you you know, you or leap before you look, you know, you jump into something and then you realize, Oh wait, I have a values mismatch. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not getting along with these people or I don't, the culture isn't a, a fit for me because of the way they operate.
0: Yeah. And I love, and I love that we're kind of, start, you know, coming back in full circle, talking about self work. Um, you know, you, you talked to me earlier about watching that my episode with Kevin Bush, and yeah. he talks a lot about starting with yourself so I I love that all our conversations just organically keep going back to you got to know yourself you got to be self-aware and there's a lot of self you know emotional intelligence work that comes into many in many avenues in life you
1: know that is absolutely true and and when we relate it back to the fact so talents group has um an interview skills and talent assessment training that we do it's um, a six-hour training and my favorite things to do. Um, and the reason why I love doing it is because people have such a hard time crafting questions that will help a candidate tell those stories so you know what you're going to get. Mm. And the hardest thing to assess is behaviors. And the behaviors yeah. is what is tied to that emotional intelligence or the EQ or as Patrick Lencioni says in The Ideal Team Player, it's the smarts. The smart. Yeah is what we want is someone who can relate to people and to Mm -hmm. pivot and to listen. All of those things are really, really important.
0: Yeah. So I feel like time has flown by since we started talking, (laughs) but so before we end, I really want to get your opinion on this. So I kind (laughs) of mentioned it, I think in my conversation in a previous episode. So like I was saying, companies are really caring about how to incorporate working mothers into their workforce, they're realizing that it's not just a diversity issue, but you know, you wanna take full advantage of the workforce that's available. So if you're not engaging people who, whose lives are just a little more complex than somebody who's single and doesn't have kids, then you know, they're gonna miss out on talent. So they're thinking about clever ways to make their workplaces more friendly for, for mothers, new mothers, um, and just you know, new parents because they're trying to be inclusive now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'm learning that some companies are doing is they've created this back to work program. So Mm -hmm. if you are a new parent, new mom, and you're coming back to work after maternity leave, you're not just thrown back in you know, full swing, like here's 40 hours or well, 40, right. 50 hours and yeah. you know, good luck. But it's, why don't it's you start a three room over there? Exactly. I'm at it. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> a, you know, aside from just, you know, having a proper pump room that's comfortable or just, you know, having an understanding boss, but it's also, can you create a structure where, um, where the companies are thinking, you know, can we set up so that, you know, they're coming back in a three quarters time. Um, so, and they have more flexible work options. So they're trying to do all these things. Mm-hmm. What are, what's your take on that? You know, as you, you know, as there's a lot of women out there right now who are kind of juggling being mom and professional or trying to make that decision of doing both and, and when companies are trying to make their places more friendly
1: mm-hmm. for,
0: you know, for these women, um, what are some things that I think is important for companies to think about? That's, that's the first part of the question. And second is, you know, what are some, what's, you know, what's something that you can, what's some words of wisdom, something actionable you can give for these women?
1: Well, the, one of the first things that comes to mind is modeling what other countries do. You mentioned that United States, the United States, um, you know, is kind of a standalone in not providing those support systems, you know, going back historically and looking when we did have them during wartime and when we haven't. So I think that looking at history and then looking out at the landscape of what other company or other countries are doing successfully, you know, and engaging those conversations, that's one thing. Um, the other, like you mentioned, is those flexible work options. So I recently, um, just this week, was coaching a woman who's what I would say, mid-strong mid-career mm-hmm. single mother um, who clearly knew exactly what she needed to ask as sh- the next employer, which is, you know, I need I need time in the morning and in the evenings to do certain things for my son because mm-hmm. you know we're all home um, or middle of the day, and then I'll be working really hard, really early in the morning and really late at night for you, so. One is women need to know what they want and try to define it and ask for it. You don't even know what you want, you can't expect other people to just come and say, "Here, here's what we're going to do for you." You have to kind of, you have to participate in that conversation and even Mm. think ahead before you're even planning your family. I mean, think about what your life is supposed to be like. That that's one thing. Um, And just looking at flexible, you know, if you have the ability to do a three quarter time type thing to where you have enough emotional and mental and physical reserves yeah. to manage being a parent and working, you yeah. know, I'm not sure if that answered your question completely.
0: No, I think it does. And. Well, I'm so and- sorry.
1: There's one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, okay. The other thing is we really need to continue the conversation about having women paid equally for the same, yes job. Because if we're paid equally, and then we reduce to three quarters time, at least we're getting paid fair and equitably for the time we put in. And I'm not saying all companies are at fault. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking that approach at all. I'm just saying that, um, you know, in all cases where it's possible to, to really evaluate same work, same pay. That needs to happen. It's not fair to pay, you know, a woman who has the same competencies or even greater, a lot less money and then expect a three quarter time salary now to support what they're doing at home.
0: No, that's a really great reminder. And and answer to your you know previous question. Did you answer the question? I think yes. And I love that how all my conversations so far have lined up so well because in my second episode with with my conversation with Dr. Tracy Adams, you know, her topic was around women empowerment and you know, are you getting what you want? How are you like you said? How are you participating in that conversation? Right. right. So my takeaway from from our conversation today is um, you know, know yourself. Right. Know yourself in and what you want in life and who you are and what's going to fit in your career. I'm just I'm kind of paraphrasing in terms of what I'm getting out of this. Um, and what I what I find interesting is, you know, your earlier point around, you know, that, you know, whether it's millennials or even the previous generation or the you know, new generation coming in, there's that opportunity to contract with your partner. Right. Of right. what does it all look like? if you are going to bring another human into the family. Right. So, yeah. And um, and again, and that goes back to, you know, like knowing yourself, knowing what you need and participating in that conversation, whether it's with your partner or with a company. And, and, I, and I really love your last point that, you know, it's not just all on women or on the parent, but it's mm-hmm. also on companies and decision makers to make sure that there's equity, that, there, that, you know, the environment is inclusive enough that people can participate in it and feel rewarded. Right. So I right. love you that.
1: Just blame a woman for not being able to make it when you, you, you've got them already dog down, if you will, you know yeah. when it comes to pay. Um, just that one issue alone, but yeah, I think you summarize nicely. You need to know yeah. yourself. You need to educate yourself on what's out there, um, and you need to have informational. You need to broaden your network. You need to have friends. You you need to have people you can lean on. Yeah, that will tell you honest the honest truths about yourself and hold up that mirror. And nobody has someone come up and tap them on the shoulder and say, "We just." really have to have you you got to be able to define who you are Mm. and know what that is so when the opportunities do come up or you're seeking them that you know how you fit
0: that's awesome that's that's some really good advice I love that um this is why you're such an awesome executive coach and lead you know consultant (laughs) um so for people who may you know would want to continue the conversation with you how would you want them to connect with you
1: Oh gosh, a couple ways. So, uh, one is, uh, send me a personalized connection request on LinkedIn. I always okay. recommend personalized. Say I saw you on Wendy K and just wanted to connect and follow what you got going on. I, I post uh, videos usually weekly and I put out content and I'm sharing and, and collaborating with other people there. Um, Gina at talentsgroup.com. Um, you can find us uh, on the talents group website with our coaching page. Uh, And I'm currently working on digitizing a coaching program to help people um, who want to do a self-paced, you know, way of getting through uh, preparing for career transition.
0: Well, that's exciting. I can't wait for you to kind of tell me more about that. So (laughs) folks, uh, if you want to contact Gina Riley, her information is down there. And uh, as always, you can Reach out to me in my email or visit me on my website. And if you have thoughts or other questions, feel free to comment, like, and share this with people that you think this could really help. And don't forget to subscribe so you know when the next videos come out. Thank you for watching again today, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.